Good morning. Good morning. Hey, today's date is, um, wow, April the 9th, 23. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting uh, Network, and this is Republic of Texas Radio. Man, I don't know why it's so hard to get these words out of my mouth today. Probably because I stayed up too late, and I'm kind of starting at a loss. Um, man, I left my computer somewhere again, so they're traveling around, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. So I'm going to be flying blind. I've got this thing right here in front of me. It's called paper. You know how we shuttle paper around and say, hey, I got this article. Nah, we're going to be working off paper and pens and brains and things like that this morning. So, um, so hang in there. We do got a lot uh, coming up. Let me go to Alan and see if you're there. Hey, Alan, I don't have a computer. Isn't that amazing? It's kind of weird. You know, I don't have much of a BRANE this morning. Hell, I, 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 for some reason, I couldn't get to sleep till very late last night either. And uh, my alarm woke me up just about the time I needed to call in. <laughs> I'm still kind of scrambled. Yeah, I, I had my alarm set. And I'm like, okay, first thing I do is I get up. I go to the car and I grab my computers, right? They're like, they're tools to me. And, um, yeah, left on a hill somewhere out at some, you know, hopefully I'll find it today, but who cares? You know, that's just another thing. There's so much going on today. You know, we, uh, a lot of times we, we, we talk about the news and we talk about the, the geopolitical, you know, reality of, um, the world around us. And, well, it seems like it's going slow. This is going fast. And is it going anywhere? For some reason, I'd say it's not even going anywhere. You know, you, there's some stuff going on in France, right? Well, shoot. there's always stuff going on in France. You know, they're rioting. <laughs> they're always rioting in France. Let's just define it. But they're burning things. That's kind of cute, right? That's, a, you know, that hasn't been done too often in the history, but... You know, over the last five, ten years, they've been rioting there and um, over all sorts of things. This time it's uh, pension reform. <laughs> oh, it's hard to feel for the poor Frenchies because they're, they're, they're wanting their government to do everything for them. And that's kind of, uh, well, wrong. Um, and the Social Security scam, and they, uh, they have it uh, called retirement or something like that. And, uh, huh, I don't know. It, it, it just seems, um, seems screwed up. And I also, I also worry about them. But do I, right? Do I even care? You know, yeah, somewhat. I don't know. Do you care about the French there, Alan? Maybe I'm talking a little too much. Well, uh, no, no, no. Um, you, uh, like I said, I've kind of pulled myself away here for a little bit. I just, I guess I just needed a break, folks, you know. Because I, I see pretty clearly, you know, the direction it's headed, and uh, I don't have to but hear something, you know, here and there to kind of know, you know, the Gilles Jeans right at again. You know, it's, it's it's not a lot different from you know, a lot of people in this country you want the government to do everything for them too. You know, this, this whole, you know, um, you know, Biden and and uh, you know, oh my God, is Trump going to be indicted? You know, will will he go to Trump. prison? You know, um, uh, to me, it, it's it's just, yeah, I don't know if the older folks will remember, you know, Fluffy the Cat, stuck in a storm drain, more at 10. The whole, this is pre-internet, folks. The whole nation was on edge. 
because Fluffy the Cat was on every news cycle across this country, and nothing else was happening except for Fluffy the Damn Cat stuck in a storm drain and Willie make it out alive. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time in my life where I actually disconnected from, you know, from everything. Okay, and it was like, okay, I am fed up. And so for one month, I think I made it a whole month, one month I didn't watch television, listen to the radio, and I actively ran away from those kind of uh, stimulants. Uh, I ran away from them. And then it, it was kind of tough because I was taking a train into San Francisco every morning. And so I'd drive my, my car and then get on a train, and everybody had these things. Back then, they didn't have rectangles. Back then, they had newspapers. And so people would flaunt articles right in front of you as you're sitting in the chair, and they're like, look, this is what's going on in the world. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. I just really don't care. Right? And what I care about is, is my work, right? What I was doing, what I was getting paid for. And, I don't know, maybe that's how you're supposed to be steering your ship nowadays as you're going through life and all this tumultuous things are happening. Don't pay attention to the fact that your food prices have gone up. That, uh, well, gas prices are still gas prices, right? They're not insane. You can't get out your I did that stickers yet. You know, but wait, folks, maybe you will never get to get those things. Heard this thing. This is great. There's a county in uh, Colorado that are looking to uh, ban gas stations. Wow. Wouldn't that be funny? I'm kind of totally for it. But, but you know, what I'm saying is guiding your ship and, and keeping your eyes averted and keeping focused on what you're doing. That's that's kind of a hard task, but at the moment, I'm like, well, I think I'm complaining a little bit too much about food prices, and um, yeah, well, what do you do with you know, that? Prices, you, you prices, to... prices, Steve. You know, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I can remember, you know, you're talking about gas in particular. You know, uh, say, folks, um, back in was it 1975? I would turn 13. And in Arkansas, when you were 13, uh, you could get a motorcycle license for up to, I think it was a 125 or something like that, and be 13. You know, if you were, if you were 15, you could ride up to like a 250. So I, I, I had a motorcycle, and I had a paper route, and I made enough money on my paper route that uh, because I can remember right about that time, uh, I, can, I can remember 50-cent gas. I actually, I, can, I think I can believe like 49 cents, you know, was basically 50 but, hell, you know, I made enough money, I could have ridden my motorcycle across the United States on what I was making on a paper route. <laughs> yeah, those old paper routes were really fun. You know, I, I, that doesn't exist anymore, right? You can imagine, actually, that would be very entertaining for Alan, you know, right around throwing cell phones at people's doorsteps. <laughs> but anyways, we can't way, do that nowadays. Yeah. Different technology at different times, but... but uh, but the repeat button keeps getting hit. The technology just keeps getting a little more advanced and more controlling. Yeah, amazing, right? You know, all of a sudden, all these papers would show up at your house, you know, boom, boom. And then you had to fold them, put them in the little bicycle thing, and then pedal them down and throw them over. Worst part was collecting. You know, people 
were strategically not home and hiding from you, trying to get your what dollar twenty five, two dollars, or whatever it was, five seven dollars yeah. for and a I, month. I can, I can, and where I delivered, Steve, I can remember quite a few people that couldn't pay me until the first of the month. So I would have to go back and recollect from them. And, but you know, most of them, they, you know, they're little old ladies who were living on on their on their Social Security check and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, and I would just ha- kind of have to eat that paper money, hope you know, paper out money, hoping that they would pay me back. And you know, I I can't recall that anyone ever actually stiffed me. Wow, that that's really good. I can't even recall. You know, I remember the financing, right, and holding money on the books for the first time. Not even sixteen, and I've got books that you know you owe me money, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and and if if you didn't collect, you got stiff because you had to pay for your papers whether you collected the money or not. Right, you still had to pay. Well, those days are gone right now. I can't imagine how they sit there and they they mail these papers around nowadays. Our um, local paper uh, that. Fredericksburg, blah blah blah. You know, it's a piece of trash, and uh, they, 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 most of its readers are outside of Fredericksburg, so it gets mailed to all these other people that have a house. I don't know why, because, because most of Fredericksburg has moved out of Fredericksburg because they can't afford to live here, <laughs> and they just want to keep track of the lies. Like, oh, what are the lies? You know, um, what are the lies? Which is fascinating. So uh, last week we had another, <laughs> we, we have incidents in Fredericksburg every once in a while. And last week um, we had another uh, armed robbery. Yeah, it was an armed robbery, right? So uh, somebody from out of town, well, maybe he's from in, in town, but I, I'm pretty sure they're from out of town. They came into one of our gas stations and they shot at some, you know, uh, Coca-Cola's, right, blew the, you know, door right off and then looked at the cashier and said, give me your money. <laughs> you know, my, that's a, mm, okay, here's the money, see you, guy. And he got into his uh, vehicle and he drove off and he might have been a she, I don't know. Maybe it could have been a transvestite, but I'm not too sure. Then neither were they, all they know is, well, they had cameras. They had the nice blurry cameras. <laughs> it's like, oh, they should get new cameras. And I remember I was just talking to a customer of mine about how crazy Fredericksburg is and the stories that don't get printed in the paper. And um, so I sent those, sent him a text. I said, hey, check this out, man. He says, oh, my God, what does that mean? I'm like, eh, nothing, I guess. Right? And so... Um, but it's getting closer to, to something. We've had the uh, shootouts in Fredericksburg a couple times previously. The cops shooting at a, uh, a vet in a gas station. The cops, um, well, the SWAT team attacking a, a hotel because there was a guy in there that's a danger to his girlfriend. And, you know, they really did a number on that hotel blowing it up. Well, they didn't blow it up. They put canisters throughout the whole thing, you know, took out all the windows, cut all the cameras all around, uh, you know. It was, yeah, it was total pro job. <laughs> Demolition crew comes walking through your life. But they don't usually like to print these 
things. It's the, you know, the San Antonio paper, they've been doing a, a better job of uh, showing the underbelly of Fredericksburg. And I, that's kind of like the, the tip of the, the iceberg, right? Like the Alex Jonesy part. Um, the, the tip of the iceberg of the things that happen here that don't get talked about because we are a tourist community and we don't like to let you see uh, beyond the veneer of beautiful. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, that's probably happening. Well, no, it is happening everywhere in this country. You know, everywhere that that I know of, you know, things are, are sliding downward. And why are they sliding downward, Alan? You know, we've just got some underpinning problems within the United States, or for the United States and the the world, that are all coming together right now as we speak. Ah, it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah, well, you know, Steve, it's, it's kind of like, you know, on property taxes, you know, the, the paper here, it's like, uh, you know, that there's an article in the paper that says, <laughs> oh, your property taxes are going up again. Aren't you so happy your, your property so values lucky. are increasing in, in price and in cost and you can sell it for more. And it's like, you know, what if I don't want to sell my property? It's like, uh, what my property taxes were $2,000 a year, um, you know, 10 years ago. It's now like $87,000 a year. Isn't it great? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, it's all good for you. The more taxes, your property values, <laughs> but you got to get the hell out of here. One good thing that happened, that hospital that they, they well, the place they used to call a hospital might become a hospital. Um, we have a local hospital that was specializing in hangnails and Lord knows what else. You know, they were <laughs> just spending money. Yeah, that's right. They were spending money. They were sold. And uh, another, the, God, what are they called again? The Lutherans or the, you know, the hospital people. Methodist Hospital. The Methodists. <laughs> Why are they called the Methodists, Alan? You know, uh, it's because they, had a, they have a method, right? We take patient, we fix patient. <laughs> It's a corporation. Instead it is of a corporation a or a religion. Too. It's a corporation. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make money. <laughs> Speaking of religion, hey, it's Easter. Is that offensive? Right? It's Easter. Well, I don't know. There's a corporate side to Easter too. There's a uh, religious side to Easter. Um, there's a spiritual side. I don't like to use the word religion. <laughs> no, I think that's kind of funny. But, you know, it is upon us again, and we've got, like, holidays. And when Friday was off and, you know, the banks were closed, I'm like, damn it. I hate banks closing because I can't put money in to take money out. <clears throat> banks are only useful to me as a, uh, as a tool to put into and then take out of because people don't have, like, large amounts of cash on them anymore. They don't want to. I don't know. It's, it's kind of frustrating. But it's going to get worse, right? You know, sitting there talking to Andy yesterday, and he was talking about, uh, well, his belief that there's a lot of... Uh, problems in the small banking sector, and, and I just don't know how I could actually address that, understand that, 
And uh, the the question ends up being, you know, about Silicon Valley Bank. And uh, I'm like, well, Silicon Valley Bank really wasn't such a uh, small bank. It was a really big bank. And it, the kind of bank was just kind of like a holdings bank. You know, I have $150 million. I put it over at SVB, right, Silicon Valley Bank. And then they go under. That's great. But not really. They Did they? You know, how much damage did Silicon Valley Bank do to the tech industry and startups and things like that? You know, we, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, um, hmm, maybe it matters in the end, and it matters to somebody. They're, they're all basically owned if you look deep enough, or, you know, basically, they're more than likely, every one of them is owned by BlackRock, Vanguard, or State Street. You know? Yeah. Um, you, you may, I can remember when, when banks were banks, Steve, they were not allowed to be investment banks, you know. Uh, you, you had investment companies, Merrill Lynch, et cetera, et cetera, and then you had your banking system, and that was just for, you know, putting your money in, holding your money, uh, what we used to call savings, and they would pay you a small percentage on on it, you know, to uh, keep your money there and be able to use your money. And, uh, boy, how times have changed, eh? <laughs> yeah, they have. You know, I, I, I was um, very fortunate to be part of the savings and loan crisis when I was a, a young lad. And I, um, my mom was just teaching me to, how to have a bank account. And so we go into this uh, savings and loan, right? And I, we fill out the paperwork. So I get my little passport-looking thing, and I walk through all that other stuff, and I put my money in from my paper route. Nevertheless, right? Because that was my income. And then uh, I think it probably about six months later, they go, ooh, caddy wampus. They're going, ah, oh, crap. You know, where did my money go? Well, it's uh, on hold. I didn't have too much. There was probably about $2.38 or something in it at the time when it went down. I wasn't as good as my sisters at saving money. And so, you know, all of us got a little bit burned. But they eventually bailed out the, the bank, and I got my $2.36 back. And I'm told that I still have an account over there from one of my family members. They said, hey, do you remember World Saving? <laughs> I go, yeah. Says, well, um, this other bank turned into uh, or was World Savings, and then I went in to open an account, and they said, oh, you already have an account. And she was like, oh, really? You've been with us for 40 years. <laughs> oh, damn. Didn't even know it. And I, 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 back then, Steve, actually, I <clears throat> I know quite a few people, um, a couple of relatives here, that uh, lost a fairly substantial um, amount of money in that, in that whole shenanigans. And, you know, and these weren't large banks. They were these small, um, locally air quote, locally owned, you know, banks or, you know, savings institutions, savings and loans, um, the money just went poof. And that's back when, you know, uh, you know, sixty or $80,000 was quite a bit of cash. You know, it would buy you, you know, in today's world, that would be like losing, you know, a couple hundred thou. Yeah. They, now that you speak of it, you know, I think that was about the time in California where, um, well, my parents, they bought their house for something like $70,000, 
and that was expensive, but then the owner was financing it. And, uh, you know, my mom lost that house sometime in the savings and loan, not the savings and loan crash, the mortgage, you know, debacle of 2008. And, well, hmm, eh, you don't care. It, it ended up going from seventy to uh, $900,000, almost a million. Hang on. Hey, there's the music, Republic of Texas Radio. We'll be right back. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing? The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly... All right. We're back. <laughs> Republic of Texas Radio. Hey, Republic Broadcasting is having a uh, spring uh, book drive. Yeah, there's a lot of details out on the website, but, you know, supporting Republic Broadcasting is kind of important. You know, we've been along, uh, around for quite some time. There's a variety of different shows that there are definitely useful. It's going to be a lot of, uh, well, I'm told that there's Michael uh, Collins Piper books. Hmm. Isn't that uh, Alan, who are you to go before me or something like that? How, what was that saying? No, no, no. You're, no, you're, you're talking about uh, Sam Kennedy, which is a whole different story. Oh, okay. Good. Well, anyways, go visit the website, you know, Spring Book Drive. Go check it out. Anyways, hey, let's jump to the phones. Uh, Eric, Eric in Texas, what's going on, man? Yeah, Eric just dropped right as we came back, but that's okay. We'll keep going on. 
So uh, this week, as, as we're juggling all these crazy things going on in our universe, I don't know if you're juggling them. You might be kind of where Alan is right now and just disconnected. Going, It's just way too much. You know, um, uh, what is going on? So we've got this, the Muslims and the Jews. <laughs> I hate it when I use the word Jews. Uh, okay, let's just use Israel is fighting a two-front uh, battle. Well, it's not a battle. It's just kind of normal. Lebanon and, and the Gaza Strip, you know, they're all battling. Two-sided, right? They don't like that. During the, the wonderful time, of uh, Passover, I mean, not Passover, Easter, no, I mean, well, Passover and Easter, and Ramadan, oh yeah, Ramadan. So what is going on over there? Well, it's the end times again, right? You know, the Israelis are trying to, they want to reform themselves into this thing that was in the Old Testament, at least it seems that way to me. Uh, The goal of rebuilding the Temple of David, you know, it's on its way, right? You know, a few months ago, we told you about the black cows of Texas. You know, there are these really, really black cows, right? And there's specifications for it in the, uh, the, which book is that again? In the Old Testament? Nah, whatever. The specs for the cows are there, right, for the rebuilding of the temple, and they have to go over it with so many different, you know, uh, rabbis. They look at it with microscopes, and they go, hey, that's a white hair. <laughs> yeah, like, no, that's not a white hair. No, that's a cow. Oh, yeah, anyway, oh, you're talking so, about the red calf. Okay, yeah, yeah, the red calf, I believe you're talking about. Uh, I thought they were black. No, no, black, oh, black were. cows are like, kind of like malted milk balls. <laughs> anyway, okay. But we're getting ready to blow the world apart over there in, in the Middle Middle East. And they, the, uh, the, the Iranians are talking to the Saudis again. Hmm. Well, that's good. How are they going to trade in, um, I don't know, trade in whatever. But our power keeps sliding as, you know, the country. And, um, man, I don't know what to do with it. I really don't. Uh, well, keep keep going, right? Keep going ahead, watching prices on everything go up, being pushed out. When we have a process of gentrification going on in Fredericksburg, and that's uh, kind of driving all the uh, people that don't make six-figure salaries out of the area. Is that natural? You know, I think it's pretty natural. But meanwhile, in the world of six-figure salaries, they're cutting all those lunatics, I mean, people's jobs uh, that are working at uh, high-tech companies, right? And part of me really goes like, well, good, right? Because I've worked in those high-tech companies and I've seen all the, well, non-working individuals and they all make six-figure salaries. Uh, maybe they don't quite make six-figure salaries, um, but a lot of them do, and they don't do a damn thing. Makes me feel, what, what is the word? Like me, I guess. You know, yeah, and, whatever and what, are, and what are they doing, Steve? You know, the, these tech people, it's like they're working to create, to create the AI, you know, 
So we won't, you know, pretty soon the AI will be here, and we won't even have to work. And then uh, what are you going to have, UBC or UBI, Universal Basic Income, and you will literally be doing nothing, and it will all be centrally uh, digitalized banking currency, <laughs> and uh, when you do get paid, you'll have a certain amount of time to spend it because it will, that that number sequence will go inactive after you know after two months. So there will be no acquisition of wealth and uh, you know any any comfort level unless you are just the most obedient little slave that you can possibly be. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what they want us to be, and we're we're getting there. We're getting there. One step at a time. Got a call about um, a BRICS uh, this week. And I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. You know, my sister, she called me up. She said, Steve, what did, what did you hear about um, Mexico trying to join BRICS? I said, huh, okay. Um, not much. But it did happen. Mexico's thinking about joining the BRICS. Hang on, folks. We'll be right back. Republic of Texas Radio. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk. Real people. Because you can handle the truth. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack, lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now, and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822, or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendovite. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultation are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. the number two, keep it today. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. 
All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your terahertz frequency want, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. All right. We're back. Republic of Texas Radio. Yeah, BRICS. What is BRICS? You know, a bunch of countries get together and, you know, say that we're not going to be playing with the dollar and we'll trade in between each other and we're going to back it by partial gold. And how long has this been going on there, Alan? Now, it's got to be close to 10 years we've been kind of talking about it, throwing the BRICS around. I can't remember exactly, you know, when I first kind of started hearing about that. Um, I, I, you know, I've actually, you know, know someone who was pretty involved in banking and, you know, asked this particular person about that and, nope, didn't, didn't, hadn't heard about it, didn't know anything about it, yada, yada. And, uh, that was, that was, God, at least four or five years ago. 11? No, that was 2012, 2011, right? I can't recall if it was when I when I actually really heard about it. I, it, it it wasn't quite that long ago. It's been in the works for quite a while. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a very fascinating thought, right? Because at the beginning of uh, BRICS, it's like, oh, there you can see the dollar's demise because once everybody stops using it, right, as a uh, international trade currency. And it, this hyperinflated uh, monetary system just goes spiraling upward, hit downward, you know, some direction. And the, the last man standing is kind of, you know, the one that has all dollars is kind of the great fool in the game. And uh, so all countries are kind of like looking at that idea. Mexico, Mexico wants to join the BRICS. I'm kind of, uh what is Mexico? Because Mexico is, uh, well, technically, uh, a couple cities, you know, south border of Texas, you know, just a couple cities. And then in between, there, there are, uh, well, drug lords, gangs that, that occupy most of the, the territory, and they fight for power. And the, the drug lords, the, the, the currency of trade is Monero, uh, cryptocurrency, right? They, they trade in Monero. And the government trades in U.S. dollars, and they give their people pesos, whatnot. But um, the, the, the few people they have left down there, yeah, most of them are in this country now. <laughs> well, I know they have a couple people because who would harass the tourists? You know, reading a reading the newspaper about crazy little things. You know that medical tourism is really big in Mexico because we've. We've managed to screw up uh, health care in the United States of America. Everything requires insurance. And the hospitals require codes and this, that. And maybe that's good to a certain extent because 
you kind of do want to have a clean doctor's office. But the hospitals are, are literally scary nowadays with these huge buildings. And they pump all sorts of people through. Yeah, but the medical practice down south of the border is different. You'll sit there and have somebody, uh, let's say, I read this article this week about some guy that went down there and he was just happened to be down there and he decided that he needed to whiten his teeth because after all the years of drinking wine, his teeth are red. You know, and he's like, well, so I looked in the, went to Google and I searched and I found the bestest dentist to whiten his teeth. Right, he's like, oh, I'm so happy, and then he had to install WhatsApp so he could communicate with his Mexican doctor, and then he was upset because the doctor didn't have a receptionist, and he had a storefront, and he was like, I was so afraid for my life and my teeth, and I'm like, well, you did that to yourself, right, dude? You know, and he says, in the end, I got a really white smile. But the whole article about, you know, being a cheap ass, right? And they just sit there going, oh, well, it would normally cost me five to $800, but this time it only cost me two. And he grabbed the dice and he rolled them. But why does it, I mean, just, why? You know, uh, <laughs> just, just what you said there kind of, kind of brought back memories Um I don't know as older folks can remember hearing about, you know, I guess it was mainly like people in California, you know, with their hot rods, you know, to get a tuck and roll job in their hot rod, you know, they'd go across the border and, and they'd, get it, they'd get it done for, you know, a tenth of the cost that it would cost them up here. And they'd come back and their seats would be stuffed with like horse crap or something, you know. <laughs> Buyer beware, you know. But in our over-regulated world, you know, you, you kind of think, Okay, so the the author of this one piece that I read was sitting there lamenting about the fact that, well, I'm not too sure that this is a sterile environment. Going, no, dude, it's not. And he didn't even wash his hands before he stuck them in my mouth. I'm like, well, yeah. And oh, after the fact, I figured out he had five stars, but uh, only a couple reviews. <laughs> yeah, so you were a. Uh, a dumbass, right? And, but you survived. That's good. And he has clean teeth now, so he can go back and drink more wine, right? You know, save, what, $600, $500, you know, on wine costs. Has white teeth. <laughs> it's kind of a, one of those sad places in the world. As, you know, as I walk up and down from Main Street, or no, they get to walk up and down Main Street, I drive through Main Street in, in my town. And I see people dressed to the nines. Well, they might be dressed to third nines. Um, to me, they, most of them look like, I am so cynical. Most of them look like clowns dressed in these strange little outfits. And um, it's like, where are you going? And they walk up and down and everything's, ah, whatever. Ah, moving on. This, you know, kind of gets old talking about Fredericksburg and all the problems that we have. But one of the reasons, let me check the, the screen real quick. One of the reasons we do talk about this is because, uh, well, Alan and I have this theory that you're all 
worlds are collapsing just like our world is. And um, <laughs> whatever, maybe we'll do misery loves company. I don't care what small town you live in anymore, folks. Um, if, if you look deep enough, uh, your city and your county employees and everything else, I don't care where you live in at, they're all being trained by institutes, institutions like the American Planning Association where they go for their extended training or their, or their, you know, their management training classes or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they're, they're all being indoctrinated, and it's all prepped slowly. I don't care what little small town you live in, uh, there is a back, a, a, something in the background that is manipulating your town and your county policies. I was over at one of the uh, local radio stations um, this following week, Alan, and one of my favorite subjects for Fredericksburg came up, and I looked at the uh, the radio host's uh, little stick'em note, right, and it says, so-and-so with the Fredericksburg astronomers called, and I'm like, oh, crap. That's dark skies matter right there. I know it right there. Right. So I kind of just ignored it and then, you know, came back by the other day. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm looking at the computer and uh, at her desk. And, you know, here's this thing talking about uh, light pollution. And I'm like, going, huh? Gotcha. That's the dark skies project. <laughs> you know, they want to take away your light bulbs. And I told her that. I said, well, you know, this guy, you know what this is, right? Folks, um, they're coming at you in every direction, right? In the Dark Skies Project, um, that is another angle of attack on you and me. What they want to do is to change all your light bulbs on the outside of the house and make it so that you don't have a illuminated, you know, house. They're going to say that they want to, you know, sculpt the light to have no light pollution. But there I am seeing this guy, right? And I say this guy because it, you know, here in Fredericksburg, this dude uh, bought a piece of land, uh, built himself an observatory, and then said, hey, you guys in Fredericksburg are too light. So you need to turn down the light so I can use my telescope. And then he goes for, well, it's for the children. Like, oh, crap. There's that line again. So now uh, we need to turn down our light, right? And it's not me, right? I'm not in Fredericksburg. But that's a different story. They need to turn down their light so he can look up in the sky, right? But he placed his uh, observatory in a lighted zone, right? Most of the observatories... And I, I like the, the, the night sky. This is where Alan and I are kind of torn, right, Alan? Um, it's nice to look at the sky, and I understand his point. Um, is it nefarious? I've talked a little bit about it. What do you think? Well, you know, Steve, I, I can remember back when, before there were all these mansions on the hilltops and everything around here and uh, gated communities everywhere, um, there were still people living out here, but you know they actually lived in their house, and they didn't. They didn't have these big mercury vapor lamps outside that burned all night long. You know, they, they didn't. When they turned their their outside lights on, it didn't look like the landing lights at the airport. You know, mm -hmm. um, they, they, they lived a more calm, peaceful life. Did not have to live uh, basically what looks like a, a baseball field or a prison or something like that. You know, at night, 
yeah, I can remember looking out across the hills out here, and on a dark night, you didn't have, you know, red blinking cell phone towers and all this other crap, you know, uh, all this light pollution, and, and you look out across there, and there are places that literally look like prison compounds, and uh, I'm just wondering, it's like, what the hell are you even doing that for? Why did you even move to the country if you want to live in the city? You know, it's, it's you know, that a lot of the peace used to be the peace and quiet and solitude that you got out in the country. And uh, it's now it's just uh, they want to live in the middle of the city in the country, in a gated community. <laughs> yeah, in a gated community with rules, right? Uh, oh. Homeowners Association or Property Owners Association, you know, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's it, it's it's horrible, and they do that to, you know. And it I, just I'm brings just up the name so Nancy Battle again, Steve, the lady I met years ago, and she was the one folks who got up and started telling, talking about Ickley and the United Nations. You know, do you know they're running, they're developing all your city policy? You know, it, Ickley is running. You know, the International Council for Local Environmental Obje- you know Objectives or whatever it was. You know, um, initiatives. Um, well, is running your 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 county and your city policy, and uh, and then she told me <clears throat> told me her story about her being a, a real estate agent out in Colorado. You know. Uh, and and she, this lady, when she was telling me her story, almost broke down crying because she, she said, Alan, all those years I thought I was really helping people buy a piece of property, you know, that they could get out of the city, they could go out, they could build their house, and, and you know, and, and, and kind of live a more peaceful life and get away from the hustle and bustle. And she said, and then my, my husband and I, we bought a piece of property out, out in the mount, beautiful mountains out there in Colorado, and, and we found us our home site. And we had, you know, had people come in and start, you know, put, putting down a pad, you know, to build the house. And, and of course, they had to go in and get, you know, building permit this and building permit that. <laughs> and someone from the county or, or the state or something came out and said, well, what are you doing building here? And she said, well, we're building our house. And he said, oh, no, that's, that's, not, a, that's not a place you can build a house. On your property, you can only build a house here or here. And she's like, and they're like, what? And she started looking into it finally, and she said, oh, my God. And she said, all those years I thought I was helping people buy a piece of property where they could go out and live in the country and have a peaceful life. And she said she found out that's like, no, in Colorado, it's like even out in the county, anywhere you got by, you are restricted as to where you can and cannot build a house on your own property. And she and she was almost she almost she was almost in tears. She said, Alan, I had no idea any of this was going on. Yeah, and it, it's going on all around you. I mean, the the Dark Skies Project is another one of those things that, you know, comes with a, a group of individuals. You know, probably globalists at the, the root, the core, it kind of feels about that like that. But they have cookie-cutter legislation for you to push through your cities to, to help regulate your neighbor's lights. You know, so that McMansion that's up on the hill... You know, uh, you can sit there and get your city council people to, to push through regulations that'll keep it so his light can't bounce off his and, and, and property. Steve, let, let me tell you something else that's going to happen. That could happen. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of like um, you can only produce so much carbon unless you buy carbon offsets. I can almost guarantee <laughs> you that, that, that the people that can afford it will be able to buy light offsets. And someone like Al Gore will be getting billions of dollars, you know, by 
people buying carbon offsets so they can pollute more, which so well, it won't actually pollute the world. What? Yeah, that sounds about right. Like that's light offsets, right? You can watch my light, see my light. <laughs> oh man, let's go to Maryland. Hey, Lynn, are you there? I am. Good morning, Stephen Allen. Steve, I'm glad you sound better. And I'm nah, hope your you. laptop's your your computer's awaiting you at that hill. I okay, so. I went out and got my delivered paper. <laughs> which I have to tell you, the guy actually drives from like thirty miles away to deliver papers in this neighborhood. He must start, you know, wow. have a whole. Well, it's the Washington Post, so he probably delivers from there to here. How many people get a printed paper? But several on my street, like my neighbors all around me, we all still get printed papers. But here we go. Let's go to the business section of today's paper. Okay. They That's fell awesome. in love with AI bots. Oh, A software shit. update broke their hearts. Then there's this picture, which is what caught my eye at the center above the fold. This guy petting his cat. And below it is the headline for this story. Loneliness is widespread. Artificial intelligence is making virtual relationships feel real, but it comes with risks. Well, yeah, because, you know, that software update took care of what's-her-name who, you know, could be a naughty person. And I'm not sure that that cat he's petting is real, but let's say the white cat is. But I can tell you he probably wouldn't be so lonely if he lost some weight, got a haircut, and took a bath. You know, just like... Oh, my God. This is where we are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's frightening. It's frightening. It's it scary is. that people fall for it. You know, they're lonely, so they're on their social media. Well, you know what? Put down your social media. Get off your computer and go talk to people. Or don't talk to them. Go, go dig a whole plant a garden, you know? But do something. Don't just sit there and swipe your phone or your tablet or, you know, or, or have relationships with non-real people on a screen. Oh, but the other day I saw in the paper, Zuckerberg is actually paying people to work on his metaverse million-dollar salaries. Mm. Now, there's a job. Well, I... I don't I worry, don't they'll know. lay you off in no time at all. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know the the whole metaverse thing. The AI thing is fascinating right now, though. You know, and I'm not talking, well, I'm talking all different aspects of it because everything is all about the AI. And so they're marketing with the AI. It's like, oh, join our dating site. We have an AI that, that chooses somebody to go out with. And you're like, uh, yeah. I think my picker is going to work a lot better that. than theirs. You know, <laughs> yes. I, but actually, one of the first people I know, actually, she met her husband years and years ago online. She, she's chair of a computer applications department, and they ended up, they have five kids, they're still married, you know, so good for her. Um, but, but, well, actually, her ex-husband ended up working in the same department. They got a little hairy, but um, <laughs> the, the it was... The Atlantic Council had a forum, I think on Friday, could have been Thursday, probably Thursday, and it was all on computer stuff and AI. The problem is it's growing too fast, and they haven't put up any guardrails. 
And yeah. it's not that it's sentient yet. The problem is that they don't have... Remember when the two robots were talking to each other? And that was a couple of years ago. And they just shut them off. Couldn't figure out what they were saying. They knew what they were saying. Well, this actually, since you've fed it everything in big data, you know, Alphabet, you know, Google, and the Alphabet agencies, mm-hmm. they're all playing in it. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing can go wrong there. You know, China, Russia, it's not just us. It's not just TikTok. You know, and that's nope. the problem. And look how much influence TikTok does have over people, and it is run by the Chinese government. I mean, you know, there's a problem. And that doesn't mean we all want to give up our rights. It's like hell. Like, but they, they would if you told them to give up their computer. Right. You know? No, that, okay. that's, that's absolutely happening. You know, they, TikTok's a problem nowadays. AI's a problem nowadays. People are the biggest problem nowadays, right? Well, Facebook's our problem. And Robert Facebook. Mercer. <laughs> no, they're... You know? Mm. But, you know, I mean, we've got our human, own human, problems. Human, it's human not like human, it, Lily White Snow here. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, just human-human to human interpersonal communication, <laughs> like... Like like we used to have with your neighbors, the people in your local community, you know. Um, now you know you know everyone's best friends. You know they live in Jinchuan, China. You know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it it it's bad enough. You know, television was bad enough. You know, e- even if you want to put it to radio, even though radio, you know, oh. it, it it wasn't on all the time. Um, you know, television we only used to have a few stations, and they and they would you know only be on for a certain time during the day. And that was bad enough about pulling people, you know, away from, you know, sitting on the front porch after dinner and watching the kids, you know, and the neighbor's kids, you know, play out in the yard, you know, and ride their bikes up and down the street. Um, television was bad enough for doing that. But, you know, it's just gotten progressively worse. And do you think it all could have been planned to be that way, to pull us away from each other, to bring us into the digital world, to basically, if you want to call it the matrix, um, to suck you in and to mesmerize you? And to, and to keep you from interpersonal communication and, and interaction. Um, so uh, you would be obedient little um, things floating in a tank, you know, powering the machine. Look how well mm. it's working, too, because imagine when we were young, you did something wrong. You know, your parents were going to find out. You know, if you were at somebody else's house or some other parent saw what you did with their kids or something... Don't worry, your parents were going to hear about it. You know, now nobody even knows each other. And I I just didn't get downtime or or have to go, you know, stand in a corner. You know, generally (laughs) you you either got grounded or you got grounded and and got your your butt swatted, you know. Uh, Hell, you know, even in school, you know, they didn't have to call your parents. You know, I can remember, you know, having a choice. It's like, well, you can get detention or swats. And it was like, well, detention, that takes into, I'll take the swats. Yeah, you know, my butt burned quite a few times in school. You know, everywhere everywhere from first grade on up through high school, basically. Yeah, they couldn't do that to us. But then when I went to boarding school, they probably could, but I figured they they were afraid my parents wouldn't pay the tuition. All my friends actually got thrown out in eighth grade because their parents had prepaid all their tuition. <laughs> my mother said, you're going to get the last check after she gets her diploma. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Well, <laughs> I figured I was I ready like to get interrogated by the FBI after going to school there. 
So anyway, mm. I appreciate y'all and hope you have a wonderful day and thank you for your program and happy Easter. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Man. Thank you. So, All righty. To Luke Kangaroos. Bye. <laughs> to Luke Kangaroos. I don't know. AI a big problem there, Alan. You know, I, I, I it's just a problem. Um, going to take over the world. Well, you know, we yeah. we we've, we've got we don't have Skynet. At least they're not calling it that yet, but they call it Skylink. Yeah, it's a problem, Steve. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny right now. I see people as more of the problem. Um, when I was playing a few weeks ago uh, with the AI chat, chat beep, 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 whatever it's called. Um, I just don't want to say its name. Uh, when I was playing with it, I, I was doing some research, Alan, right? And I hear it's going to take over a lot of research jobs. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, in the old 1500s, around the 1500s, you know, they used to take boats and they'd move them from one part of the, the world to another part. And I'm like, well, what did they eat? Right, and so I started asking this chat thingy, the AI. Well, what did they eat? Right, according to you, sir, what did they eat? And they gave me manifests and you know the typical meals. And I said, well, for extrapolate for a crew of twenty-five, I think it was. Um, how many pounds of bacon do I need? And how what to give me the entire manifest for the crew's food? And so it, it does. And I'm going, oh crap. This is powerful. And you know what, Alan? I, I went ahead and I started fact-checking what he gave me, right, or it gave me. And I found out that his source was the D&D player handbook. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> oh, well, the AI is going to steer you wrong, folks. Hang on. We'll do the uh, hour two coming up the Republic of Texas Radio. With all that they had to give Made sure that their brothers and sisters were clothed and fed Praise the Mother Earth and the Father Sky Paid attention to each little blessing in this life Had a more intimate connection with the spirit world Learned as a community and equally taught every boy and girl In times like these, you can't depend on the government to keep you warm and fed, but you can depend on the Vermont Bun Baker to do just that. With the Vermont Bun Baker, you'll never be in a situation where you can't cook, bake, fry, boil water, or heat your home all at the same time. One of the most revolutionary cook stoves, wood stoves ever, the Vermont Bun Baker is available with or without soapstone veneer, a natural stone that retains heat and radiates it back into the room once the fire is out. A beautiful addition to your home, the Vermont Bun Baker has an efficiency rating well above 75% and qualifies for the wood stove tax credit. For more information, watch the Vermont Bun Baker on YouTube and live stream or visit us at www.vermontwoodstove.com. You can also reach us by calling 1-866-SOAPSTONE. Don't ever be hungry or cold because the power's gone out. With a Vermont Bun Baker, all you have to worry about is what's for dinner. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. 
only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.